Welcome to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama. Now your host, Timothy George. Welcome to today's Beeson Podcast. I have the privilege today to talk with Carolyn Lankford. She is the Advancement Officer of Beeson Divinity School. She's been on our staff for two years, a wonderful, refreshing Christian woman of great faith, and it's just a joy to talk with you on the podcast today, Carolyn. Thank you, Dr. George. You're a new friend to me and to our school, and really the first kind of way I got to know you was by listening to your testimony. Uh, your personal Christian witness, which was given, I believe, at a meeting of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, where you're a member. I am. And I wonder if you could just bring us into that a little bit. Tell us how you came to faith and something about your growing up in that church and in that denomination and how you came to see Jesus Christ in a new and powerful way in your own life. Yes. Well, what you heard was a summer Sunday school series that Dean Limehouse instigated a few years ago. He took members of the vestry and asked us to do our testimony. It was a wonderful exercise. Forget the actual delivery. I have no memory much of that, but just going and making myself do that was very helpful. And I came to the conclusion that the fact that I claim to be a person of faith is rather paradoxical. I definitely have always been in the church, was raised in the church from the moment I was born, but the church in which I was raised was bereft in some significant ways, and it is the baby food that I ate and digested and grew with. So um, I did not grow up at the Church of the Advent. I grew up at another Episcopal church in Birmingham, Alabama, actually Homewood. And it was a very warm, family-oriented place. And I was very blessed to have parents that believed that every time the doors were open, we should be there. And I felt very at home at that church. Um, home enough that we learned how to pick the lock of the choir room and skip Sunday school. But we always got caught and not by our parents, and we were, you know, directed accordingly. It was all very good in that way, and I, I have no regrets about that and would wish that for all children. But in terms of teaching theology, I think part of it was the time. It was the late 60s and 70s. The world was just sort of becoming, I think, in general, more liberal. And my denomination really drank the water, the Kool-Aid. So what I was given was not the gospel, but some good communication skills, um, certainly a sense of respect for all other human beings, aversion to judgment. It was wrong to judge anyone. Whoever you were, whatever you were, however you felt led to be in the world, well, it had to be good because it was who you were. And that was deeply ingrained in me. And so I would say by the time I left to go off to college, I was a card-carrying Episcopalian and not at all a Christian. I didn't know that, but that's probably true. Now, it is true. How did that change in your life? You obviously right. came to a living faith. By the grace of God and the influence of some important people 
my natural inclination was to go the way that I had been raised and taught, but also my natural inclination makes me take things rather critically and digest them, and I had to really agree with them before I owned them. Mm -hmm. Now, that could be to my downfall, but it could also be sometimes my protection. Mm -hmm. And just quickly, while I was at school, I I went to Suwannee, the University of the South, majored in religion, where certainly my faith was not um, built up. But my love for theology was really born. I love to think that way. I love to read theology. And I really went for the Christian theology. I did not. I wasn't interested in Buddhism or any of the other faiths. I wanted to study Christian theology. Then I met some very important people older than me. And I landed at the Advent on staff, um, Mm -hmm. director of uh, Christian education which was a very different place from the church that I had grown up in. Um, It was the first time I I met people who really believed in absolutes, absolutes that they did not necessarily find easy or likable or even nice, but they were the truth, and they were not to be bended or challenged. Mm. They were to be revered. Mm. And... I found that very provocative, and I also found it to be more profound and more genuine to the human condition than anything I had ever been taught or modeled before. And then I met um, a man named Father Ralston, William Ralston, out of Savannah, who was a mentor to my husband for many, many years, and I just give thanks to God every day that he took a liking to me and took an interest in me and would engage me at a level where I felt the most comfortable, which was in the head, and give me more and more reason to know that when I am in charge of reality and truth and it has to go the way I want it to go, how dangerous and destructive that is. Mm. And then what I actually totally need is an objective, totally other truth that I then bend and bow to. Mm. And it was the beginning of um, a real change of mind, a change of view, and a change of faith, or the beginning of a faith, Mm. I would say. Well, you know, then you served on church staff, helping others to deepen their own faith in Christ in that particular role, and did that for a number of years at the Cathedral Church of the Advent, which, by the way, I want to let all of our listeners know, is a wonderful, lively congregation in the Episcopal Church USA, now called the Episcopal Church. Uh, I would call it an evangelical Episcopalian church. Uh, We've had a good relationship at Beeson with your church uh, really as long as Beeson has been around, and particularly uh, now with the Dean Frank Limehouse there. It's one of our Beeson League of Churches churches. Yes. So uh, we love the Advent, and one of the reasons we love the Advent is that they gave you to us. Well, thank you. And I mentioned before that you are our advancement officer, and I want to talk a little bit about that before we finish our, our conversation, but I remember asking you this question. Advancement officer, in case you don't know, is a person who is in charge of development and fundraising. And every school, every institution has got to have somebody good at that. 
And really, you're our first full-time advancement officer here at Beeson. Uh, but I remember asking you, um, as we were interviewing you, can you ask people for money? <laughs> because some people can't, uh, but that's an absolute essential. And you thought for a moment and said, yes, if I really believe in the cause that I'm asking for. Exactly. And I thought that was a really good answer because it showed, I think, that we had a meeting of spirits and mind in the things of Jesus Christ. Well, um, take us now uh, from your experience working in Christian education at the Cathedral Church of the Advent uh, to uh, coming to Beeson Divinity School as our advancement officer. Well, first of all, I was very fortunate. My husband and I were very fortunate. I took some years off. I, I guess, resigned from the Church of the Advent when our kids were elementary school age. It was a hard decision to make, but I have no regrets. It gave me those years to be full-time at home, the person that did all the afternoon driving, um, which is just precious time with your children, for those who know what I'm talking about and those who don't yet know what mm. I'm talking about, be in the car with your children every chance you get. So as they became grown or growing, um, they're not all totally grown, but our our son, our sons were in college and our daughter was about to get a driver's license and I thought, well, it's time for my next chapter. Um, I, I, I'm, I don't play tennis, and <laughs> I, 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 want, I want to do something, and I want to serve again. I, I, I want to be involved in the church and in Christ's work. But I was just sort of looking around, doing the nonprofit thing, and it was totally, I know this word is overused and misused, but still, it was a serendipitous moment that one of Beeson's alum, who is a good friend of mine, happened to be here, and she stuck her head into our administrative dean at the time and was asked, do you know anybody who's looking for a job? And my friend said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. And you remember the rest because yes. we started our conversation and our interviewing. And it was with great humility and a sense of awe that I came on board here. But I just had the feeling that this was a holy place, and if God could use me, I wanted him to. Mm. And I'm the person that couldn't sell Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> I, re I couldn't. And I, I've thought about that because I have asked people for money since um, lots of times since I've been here. And yeah. what's the difference? And the difference is, you know, Girl Scout cookies are something that maybe you want. And I think the ministry and the work of Beeson Divinity School is something we need. And that changes my internal wiring and, and makes me bold in a way that I'm, I'm not by nature. You have a holy boldness, I would yes, say. Yes, yes. Uh, but not a pushiness. Uh, you walk that fine line, I think, between being upfront and candid and shying away. Uh, and I think that's just the perfect match for a fundraising development advancement officer, that God has given you those gifts and for this school and for this time. I have no doubt about it. Well, thank you, Dr. George. I wonder if you'd say a few words just about some of the initiatives we have that you're involved in that are so important for the future of Beeson Divinity mm -hmm. School. You know, we're 25 years old. We've been celebrating that anniversary all year. And as we look forward, God willing, to the next 25 years, uh, what are some things that are really important for us as a school to be thinking and, and praying about? Well, just to start with the bones, um, I'm so delighted we have an advisory board. Um, we have a wonderful collection of men and women 
lay and ordained who serve with us in an advisory capacity. They've already proven to be just a real asset to our school, and I see that only deepening. And that's been a wonderful initiative that we've gotten underway. I am excited about our campaign to endow a Baptist faculty chair. And it's going to be named in honor of Dr. Charles Carter, who, again, it's one of those wonderful gifts that the Lord has brought my way by way of Beeson. He started out my office neighbor, and now I am one of his biggest fans Mm -hmm. and respect him greatly. And I'm excited about this campaign. It's very ambitious, and it will probably take us several years to complete, and it's Truly not in my world. I'm not a Southern Baptist, so I'm, I'm having to learn a lot. But what it will do has such a long-term positive impact on the financial health of our school, and it will honor a man whose legacy needs to be remembered. Again, it gives me great freedom to just go for it. Now, let me say, in case there's anybody listening to the podcast who doesn't know Dr. Charles T. Carter— Dr. Charles T. Carter is the James H. Chapman Fellow of Pastoral Ministry here at Beeson. He teaches, but he also has a long history as a leader in the church. He was the pastor of Shades Mountain Baptist Church in Birmingham for over 20 years. He was my pastor and the president of the Alabama Baptist State Convention, involved in many denominational committees and work. He's given his life uh, to to prepare other ministers for, for the service of Christ. And so we thought it would just be the perfect person to have this chair, the first endowed Baptist chair of divinity in our school, named for this great servant of Christ and friend to all of us. We also have initiated our League of Churches. I'm getting more and more excited about it as I actually see it unfold, and we have some memberships in place. They all look a little different, but they all are working very well. And that is, in a, in a nutshell, it's when um, a church agrees to help or cover the tuition of a Beeson student and enter into a relationship with that student that ideally will last the whole time that he or she is a student here. And we have a church that is in our league that is in Houston. So, of course, it can't be a, a weekly back and forth, but they have flown their sponsored student out to their church, and he spent a whole weekend with them and did some teaching and youth work, and they keep in correspondence, and everyone is very happy about that. Tell us in a nutshell what it means to be a congregation that's a part of the Beeson League of Churches. It means that you commit to a certain level of financial assistance for one student, and you renew on an annual basis. You know, Of course, we'd love for all our members to cover the full tuition, But we have three levels, so you can do total tuition or two different uh, denominations of partial tuition. And in exchange, that student is um, asked to be available to that church in whatever way that is mutually workable Mm -hmm. so that it's as good as just giving money to our scholarship fund, but it's different because there's a relationship mm. along with it. You get the personal involvement and right. connections. Yeah. I think it's good for a church to know up close and personal um, someone who has been called to ministry and is giving up a lot to prepare to do that. 
And I think it's good for the student to see a church in action a little bit to get to know what makes it tick and where the stumbling blocks are and where the real joy and the uh, celebrations are. And it just sort of takes the anonymity out of giving money to a scholarship fund, which is also a good thing. I might just say that, uh, you know, we all know Beeson Divinity School is evangelical interdenominational. Right. Which means we don't have a sponsoring denomination. We receive no funds directly from any denomination. And so it's really important for us to cultivate these ties with local congregations that send us students uh, in the first place, and then we, we trust we'll hire our students on staff for ministry when they finish uh, to be a part of that chain of support mm-hmm. that undergirds their work even while they're here. Right. And so we're continuing to develop this, and uh, there may be listeners to this podcast, a pastor or someone in your church, and you'd like to explore ways in which your church can be a part of the Beeson League of Churches, we would welcome those kinds of conversations with you. Most definitely. And before we finish, we'll have you give us your email address or something so they can be directly in touch with you. But you've also helped us start one other thing that I think is really uh, significant at this particular moment, and that's a new scholarship fund named for two of our venerable faculty members who have been with us almost from the beginning, Dr. Ken Matthews and Dr. Frank Thielman. Tell us just a little bit about the Matthews Thielman Scholarship Fund. Well, it was born with the realization that this academic year that we are now in marks their 25th anniversary on faculty at Beeson. And besides you, Dr. George, no uh, no one else can make that claim. I'm as old as Methuselah, so... <laughs> Also, I I think anyone listening who know these men would agree that they are just exceptional people. They're Mm. they're just giving and charitable and smart and role models of the highest order, and they're just so very humble. They're easy people to want to stand out in a way that they would never themselves allow. And so when realizing that it was their 25th anniversary, um, Benjamin Smith, our alumni director, um, was thinking about some way to give them a gift, some way to do something to commemorate that. And that from that was born the idea, let's do something grander. Let's do something that will remember them every year because the plan is the scholarship will be endowed and every spring a rising second-year student who shows exemplary Christian character and um, biblical studies acumen, I think is the, how we put it, um, that they would be awarded this scholarship so that they would get that kind of financial help and it would be in the name of the Matthew Steelman Scholarship. And we've appealed to all of our alums to be a supporter of this scholarship and uh, a number have responded. We yes. hope still others will. And in fact, I, w- I didn't tell you this, but I saw one of our alums on a recent trip I made, and she said to me, "I really want to contribute to the Matthew Stillman Scholarship Fund, and you can look for my check in the mail." Oh, good. So, uh, so that's wonderful. You know, I just want to say um, it's such a blessing to be able to work with a woman of faith who has a deep personal commitment to Jesus Christ and a love for His Church, as you do in the position of being our advancement officer. Uh, Those are things that ought to go together, but often don't seem to jive in quite the way they do in your life and your spirit. 
And uh, I want to thank you for all you've done. You've done a wonderful job these last two years since you've been with us. And uh, the future is as bright as the promises of God. And thank you very much for your willingness to be a part of Beeson, to invest your life here and your sense of calling here, and to help us all, I think, uh, get a deeper, broader view of Christian stewardship. That's really what we're talking about, uh, making gifts, uh, supporting a worthy cause. Uh, but it's all a part of the stewardship of our lives, with which God has blessed us so abundantly, and we want in turn to be responsible yes. uh, with, with what he's given us. Yes. You say it best, Dr. George, it's an investment. Mm. Giving to Beeson is an investment, and a very sound one and a very wise one. And, and there goes my boldness. <laughs> <laughs> well, being so bold, uh, Carolyn, uh, would you please tell folks how they might get in touch with sure. you? Sure, gladly. My email address is C, as in Carolyn, L-A-N-K-F-O-R. I don't get my D. But it's clank4 at samford.edu, and my direct line is 205-726-4480. But, of course, you can always just go to our website and click on the giving link, and you will find me. Well, my guest today on the Beeson Podcast has been the wonderful Carolyn Lankford. She is Advancement Officer for Beeson Divinity School. We thank you for your time with us today, and may God bless you in all of your efforts on behalf of the Kingdom of Christ. Thank you, Dr. George. You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast with host Timothy George. You can subscribe to the Beeson Podcast at our website, BeesonDivinity.com. Beeson Divinity School is an interdenominational evangelical divinity school training men and women in the service of Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast will aid and encourage your work, and we hope you will listen to each upcoming edition of the Beeson Podcast. <laughs>